In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. I would save my special intro for the Jarvis Landry podcast, but I fear another yellow card. It's been a little over a week since my last one. Ah, screw it. Good morning, Cleveland. We're back. And we're back to talk nothing but controversy here. The lightning rod of the Browns when it comes to the offseason, contract or no contract, extension or cut. It's We could go six, seven, eight, 12 different ways with this guy. So I grabbed my guy, Jack Duffin, and said, Jack, let's talk some Jarvis Landry. Jack, what's going on in the world with you, buddy? I'm good. So we're just going to dive straight into this one. Um, by all means, go over to the dogland.com or dog.land, check the article out, give it a read, but we're just going to chat through. So I'll quickly get to how we get to the number, but people have been asking me, hey, what does a restructure, what does an extension, what does all this stuff look like for Jarvis Landry? He's got two years left on his deal, 15 million roughly a year each. So... What do we do? So the first thing you've got to do, if you're asking a player to take a pay cut and extension, they're going to naturally go out there and start ringing around the league. What is their value? That is the first question. So let's look at Jarvis Landry. Last three years, 59% in the slot, 40% out wide. Let's find some players that are similar to that. Um, he's obviously not Tyreek Hill. He's not Alan Johnson. Uh, not Alan Johnson. Um, Keenan Allen. Um, he's not Shepard, he's not Crowder, he's not Tate, they're, they're too poor. He's got a nice group there of um, in for him. So it's Tyler Lockett, Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup, and Jarvis Landry. Nice fair grouping. Don't think anyone will say, hey, he's miles better than them guys. He's miles worse than them guys. Sits nicely in there. So market value, what is he? I came to the number 47.5%, uh, 47.5 million over four years. So let's just round it up slightly. Call it 12 million a year. Ian, before we get into his current deal, everything like that, fair fair money. If he was cut today, twelve million a year, open market. What do you reckon? I think that's probably even a bit high for what he's looking. Um, it depends because the you know the the franchise tag this year is for wide receivers a little over eight nine percent, I believe, for wide receivers. So I think we're looking in that fifteen million dollar range. So you talk about a guy like Chris Godwin, you know, who's a slot in terms of that. So you're talking about 15 odd million dollars. So I, I just, I, I got to come under that. I mean, I, 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 I'd pay a guy like Godwin more than I would, you know, Jarvis just based on age. Um, I don't know, maybe 12, 10, I, I'm in that 10, 10 million, 10, 11 million dollar range. Yeah. So that's sort of the rough number because Hey, if you're asking, and, and this is the point before we get onto any more, if you're going to ask a player to take a pay cut like they did with Vernon last year, you have to be willing to cut the player. Let's just play, play through it in your head. If your boss called you into the office and said, hey, we love the work you're doing at this company. We need you to be on slightly less money. And you went, no. Then unless he's willing to sack you, there is no motivation for you to take that pay cut. And we saw it last year. They were sniffing around Clowney and Gokwe. They were sniffing around everyone. 
because they thought, hey, we might be able to get a little bit better here. So anyone out there saying Jarvis loves the team, he, he, he will definitely take less money. Unless you're willing to cut the dude, don't ever sit there and say that. And that is something I, I keep driving home to people. You have to be willing to cut a dude in a negotiation for him to take a pay cut. Yeah, I mean, if you look at like a guy like David Bakhtiari with the Packers who recently kind of moved some money around, most guys are willing to move money. But at the end of the day, they're not giving up money. Like, you know, no agents in his right mind going to tell a player, oh, yeah, just go ahead and just freely take a pay cut. Like, unfortunately, he's under contract. So you put the pressure back on the team and say, listen, if you want to cut this guy, you know, we obviously know the publicity that he carries. That's one thing. But at the end of the day, you're, you're looking more of what can they do to maybe give him a little bit more money that he wouldn't get somewhere else while freeing up something for the team. You know, in a negotiation, there has to be some give and take. You can't just take and not give. Yeah, so and that, that's what we're going to look at. How do we get Jarvis? He's got two years left at 31.4 million. Could we change that into a 47.5 million deal? And so here's the problem we get. We're going to add two more years on. So the way this is going to get sold to Jarvis Andrew, well, when I had two more years to your deal, how much new money am I going to get? And when the answer is, hey, we want to put you on 47 over five, well, you're going to give me 16.1 million of new money. He, he, he's going to be offended when you're like, hey, we, we want to be around here. We're going to give you 8 million for year three and 8 million for year four. And you're just going to get laughed out of the room. So just based on his current deal, an extension like that is purely unworkable. So that one's off the table. How about if we say, we've got these two years here. Let's add on one more at 12 million and another one at 12 million, which is slightly under that. We then get to 55 million over four years. It's, it's not bad, but the trouble is you're having to pay him an extra 7 million because he was overpaid last time. And that money doesn't disappear. So would he probably accept a 24 million over two extension and then he can rework the money and push it to the future? Possibly, but that's still, you've then more or less committed to 55 million for Jarvis Landry over the next um, four years because you're going to have to more or less guarantee that first like 30 million um, because you'll want to know I'm 100% getting paid all this old money before we add on some new years and things like that. So that's a lot of money to commit and for me, this is the reason I just can't see an extension getting done this year. If they did it, it would be something unique. You know, they would, the Browns have in the past done these deals, you know, whether it's buying the Brock Eisweiler deal and they've freed up money here and they basically needed to spend the money and got the draft pick. So the Browns have always been at the forefront of creating new ideas. And, you know, Barry obviously coming out of that Howie Roseman tree, I'm sure a guy like Depot with Barry, they can figure out something, you know, it may be something that we haven't seen before where they're like, Oh, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And we're going to add this because ultimately Jarvis has to know that, he's not going to have the statistical output coming out of this offense. So to say that he had in Miami where he was hundred catches and all this other stuff. So the issue with, you know, having Odell there and having all these other receivers there is you're going to have to give up some of your stats, which when you go to the free agent market, if you don't have stats, you don't have much else. So he's got to kind of balance 
you know, what it's going to be in terms of my output versus what my value, you know, one of the things we talked about the free agent podcast was need fit value. All right. So do you need a guy like Jarvis Landry? I think every team needs a guy like that. He's a heartbeat. He's, you know, a locker room. He can also perform. So there's that, then there's the value. And that's just kind of, I think where we really need to figure out what is Jarvis's value? What's he going to be worth to the team? Because you don't want to let younger core guys go to keep Landry on a, you know, a deal that's not exactly being performed up to. Yeah. And I think the, the need is the question that I really want to get into. So we've got the nine highest paid slots in the NFL. And these are any corner playing in the slot over 40% um, of the time. Um, so just to run through the list, we've got Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup, Sterling Shepard, um, J- Jameis Crowder and Golden yeah, Tate. Crowder. So let's look at how much, because generally if you think slot wide receiver, players are in the slot when you've got three or more wide receivers on the field. So we can be three, we can be four, we can be five wide receivers, but that's generally when they're going to be on the field. So let's look at all of these teams. What were their usage in 2020? So we've got Bengals, 83% of three or more wide receiver uses. Jets, 78%. Chiefs, 73. Chargers, 71. Seahawks, 68. Rams, 65. Giants, who had two of those dudes, was 55%. And Browns were all the way down to 44%. So let's take them bottom three teams, the three teams that are under 66% because they're the ones that stick out. But let's go back to a season ago. So we've got the Rams, 77%. So that, that's that's going to go up. Sean McVay loves 11 personnel. We're all aware of that. So that, that will go back to where it should be. Then we've got the Giants, who a year ago were on 74% before they dropped all the way to 55 And the Browns on 65 and then dropped down to 44 And... With those two teams, we've got new head coaches that have brought in different offenses than the last head coach and where these players were signed from. And this is effectively the debate. You can get into money you can get into all this other stuff with Jarvis Landry. The real debate is, is it three plus wide receiver sets or is it two tight end set? And the two tight end set still plays three wide receivers 40 to 55%, uh, 40 to 50% of the time but you're never going to pay a dude nearly 10% of your annual budget or whatever it is, 7% to play less than 50% of the snaps. And so this is the effective, effective debate. And both are perfectly fine. You can have a three wide receiver system that says, Hey, we'll move on from David Njoku. We're going to have Jarvis Landry. We're going to play three or more wide receivers on 66% of the time, or you're going to go, Hey, we're, Baker Mayfield, through all of his years in the NFL, has played better with more tight ends on the field. Kevin Stefanski loves the two tight end system. This is the way we're going to go. And that's effectively the question that needs answering. Um, And some people, hey, they've sent me a link. Kevin Stefanski said, Jarvis Landry is a versatile wide receiver that can play anywhere on the field. Well, he, the proof's in the pudding. He got played more in the slot. (laughs) Even last season, he was predominantly in the slot. So, that's the effective question that needs answering. They're going to be discussing in Berea. In terms of the article, where I went with the contract, I think he plays out this season. If that would be my my genuine guess, if you ask me to put some money on it, plays out this season, and then they make a decision moving forward. Because however much Jarvis and OBJ love playing together, they are sensible, smart people. Only also one is getting. 
They're also businessmen. Only one is getting a deal in Cleveland. Third deal, not the people dreaming that they're both going to take 50% pay cuts and stay in Cleveland together because they love playing together. It's farcical. It's never going to happen. I would bet anything you want on it. These dudes, only one is getting an extension in Cleveland. Neither might get an extension in Cleveland. It's going to come down to a debate over what the scheme is and how they want to maximize the scheme because Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield are the two most important people when it comes to players and coaching. Everything else, you can work around it. And we've talked about it a lot. You know, that window's changing from the vets to the young guys. And I think the most notable position group where you're going to see that is going from a veteran wide receiver group to a young wide receiver group. It it just has to be done because just the amount of allocated resources that we've given to that wide receiver room to bring in the vets to help Baker develop, you know, we're going to have to see that pendulum shift now where Baker's going to have to be the guy, you know, that's making all the money that's going to have to start developing the young wide receivers. Yeah, and the article was written. You can read it all there. I've been really open with it. I didn't start writing an article saying, hey, we need to get rid of Jarvis Landry. I was asked the question, what's an extension like Jarvis Landry looked? And I dug around and I went in with it. Hey, what's his market value? That's nothing to do with me. That's what's out there. Um, And as Ian said, he thinks I was a little bit too high. So, um, no, it's an interesting one to look at. Uh, Got one minute left. Anything else you want to throw out there, Ian? Uh, Jarvis Landry, what's happening? Oh, what, what's your thing? Is he here one more year and then they do something else? Or it, could he be gone? It, it, could there be a pay cut? I, I think ultimately he is going to understand that a $14 million average per year is not, <laughs> is not sustainable. And if you look at his contract, I mean, I think Dorsey did the right thing, you know, trading really not much of anything to get him. You didn't have any other players of a note under contract. So giving them the money at the time seemed worth worthwhile, but as we see around the NFL, eventually, you know, you got to take old yeller out, out back. And listen, I think that there's a lot of good football still left in Jarvis Landry. And I think if Jarvis is willing to understand that, you know, he doesn't quite have the fastball he used to have, and he's willing to come down a little bit in what he wants to make, then I think as long as there's an understanding of that and Jarvis wants to continue to play and continue to make money, because as we've seen that free agency, you know, teams are going to start going as you remember, as there's more quarterbacks in the league, you're going to need cheaper wide receivers. And we look at how much of an impact the guys like Justin Jefferson and these guys make when they come into the league, you know, that unfortunately diminishes his value. So he's got to understand, he's got to realize, you know, what he's worth. And I hope it's here in Cleveland, but at the end of the day, if he's willing to stick around for an, a market price, then I bring him back. I like him. I want him here. I, I like his toughness. I like his tenacity, but at the end of the day, you can't pay for that. So yeah. Thanks guys for listening. Check out the article on dogland.com. My Twitter, Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N. What's yours, Ian? Ian19, that's I-A-I-N-19. Harass all you want. As always, go Browns. Go Browns.